Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. If uh, if you're tuning back in today after yesterday, again, appreciate it. Uh, had a little duty calls work going on. Uh, had to plug in the old Barry Mathis show. Uh, really enjoyed that show. I listened to it again last night. Barry uh, was a really good guest here on the show, and and he talked a lot about things that we we were interested in uh, about the officiating roles uh, in sports. So if you if you missed yesterday's show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out on our website, thegrindonsports.com. But again, uh, a great show, great guest, and always appreciative of those that come in. But today's show, hot topics, new stuff. Uh, going to talk Major League Baseball, the rule changes that are coming, and, and kind of the thought behind what I feel like the impact of those things are. We'll talk a little bit about the, the Vols last night, the the upset in Fayetteville. Uh, maybe they heard my toast the bacon comments earlier and uh, and, and didn't like it. So <laughs> uh, the, the Razorbacks very much avenged uh, the earlier season loss to the Vols last night as they take down uh, Tennessee, a struggling Tennessee team right now. And we'll talk about how they got there, what happened, and then what's left uh, for the Volunteers. We'll talk a little bit about the Lady Vols as they finish up their home stand uh, tonight in Thompson Bowling Arena, home last home game of the regular season, senior night for the Lady Vols. We'll talk about them, not only this season, but also who they're playing tonight. And then, of course, like I said, uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about baseball. But here at the onset, want to kind of bring up a little bit of local uh, because, you know, that that's kind of our niche, you know, sports radio from a fan's perspective, but also a local perspective because that's that's important too. Uh, this week, Knox News, I'm, a, I'm kind of a – I'm a voter. I would like to think that I'm a voter pretty regular on the Prep Extra Player of the Week because but the way that we follow Maryville, the way that we follow Alcoa – uh, we get exposed a little bit to other schools and and, and appreciate other schools as they have success uh, in the in the prep world. But uh, this week, a little special special one here. Uh, Andy Heron, Clayton Bradley School uh, there in Knoxville. Uh, Heron recorded the school's first double double: twelve points, thirteen rebounds in a game against Mount Pisgah. I looked at that and I went, "What?" Because I know a Heron. I know a Philip Heron. I actually work with his dad. And, and so finding this out was a really cool thing for me because, you, you know, it's one of those things that, and this is going to sound really, really maybe less than smart, but when you're the first, nobody else is going to do that. Nobody else is going to be the first to ever do something at a school. And to me, that's really cool. There's a special bit of history that can't ever be taken away from you and and Andy got that uh, just just this past week as he scores 12 points 13 rebounds against Mount Pisgah the school's first double double now new school you know two schools I don't care that's cool 
that you're the first to do anything. So, uh, again, I voted for Andy. Uh, I hope you will, too. Again, voting closes today at 11 a.m. Was going to broadcast this yesterday, but voting closes today at 11 a.m. So if you're listening to the re-air, then voting has already closed. But I hope that you follow us on Facebook and you've already heard this part of the show. But, again, voting closed at 11 a.m. Get in. Vote for Andy Heron. He was the school's first, Clayton Bradley's first, double-double in school history, 12 points, 13 rebounds. Congratulations to him. Uh, again, get out there and vote. So far, it looks like about 5,000 votes are in and uh, need some more uh, to get Andy on the home stretch to winning this award. The winner, if you're wondering, like, what does Prep Extra Athlete of the Week get? Well, they get re- they receive tickets to the fourth annual Knox News Sports Award uh, award ceremony presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's, of course, on the website. Uh, and then uh, of course, they're going to get something. They're going to get a plaque or, or a, a memor- memorable moment uh, that they can keep with them for a long time. But I think when you're when you're the first at anything, that's that's something to be ex- to be exceptional, something to be celebrated. And uh, and Andy Heron did that this past week again. Clayton Bradley High School. Andy Heron, twelve points, thirteen rebounds against Mount Pisgah. So again. Celebrate that. Go vote for Andy. 11 a.m. today is when that closes. But, uh, again, get out there, vote for Knox News Prep Extra Player of the Week. You can do that uh, at Prep Extra. Google Prep Extra. Go to prepextra.com. Or, if you know Philip, it may or may not be on his Facebook page. So, check that out. Get the vote on and, uh, and get him this award for the week of February 17th through the 23rd. But, uh Going to step right into the Tennessee Vols talk right now. So, if you're a big Tennessee fan, uh, last night happened. I woke up this morning and and I said, did I really give them until about 11.30 last night? <laughs> did, I really, did I really watch that? Because, in essence, if you didn't watch the game, I'm going to tell you exactly what it would have looked like if you didn't. Last night was a car when it runs out of gas but you're kind of you're kind of going over some hills and the gas is sloshing around and it picks up every now and again that's exactly what happened with Tennessee last night we made some shots we did some things that were good but ultimately <laughs> Tennessee Tennessee was less than impressive last night uh, Tennessee's out of gas. Tennessee's a young basketball team that don't have a ton left in the tank. They they can't get over 70 points a game, but they're giving up last two games uh, nearly 80 points a game. So it's, it's not a winning formula. I thought I thought Coach Barnes yesterday pregame uh, said a lot of good things. You know, he said you got to have good guard play this time of the year. You got to be tougher. You got to do this. You got to do that. And all that's real well and good. Like, I think all that's – correct but it's got to happen it's got to happen I thought he did a better job last night of taking timeouts uh breaking it up you know when 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 basically Mason Jones who was Arkansas's not only leading scorer but really the 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 driving force for Arkansas early and then often I thought he did a good job breaking that up but the problem was is I'm and again in the moment I'm sitting here and I'm like, Dagummit, fifteen and thirteen, seven and eight in conference. We finally drop into a losing record in conference. 
10 and 5 at home, probably a good thing there. But 3 and 7 on the road. 3 and 7. So I go to bed a little angry, get up this morning and really kind of rehash some stats and and, and kind of look at it. And I look at it and I go, same old story. I thought we made an I thought we advanced a little bit in the turnover. We only had 12. The problem is the problem is Arkansas had 24 points off 12 turnovers. It's less than ideal. Uh, I thought we did a decent job uh, in, in a lot of areas. We we couldn't hit free throws last night. Uh, 57% in the first half, uh, 65% in the second half, but but missed seven big free throws. Again, seven points draws you a lot closer. It does a lot of things that puts pressure on the opposing team. We didn't hit three-pointers real well. Uh, only made four all night, shot 17. 27% in the first half, 16% in the second half. Uh, from the floor, 37% in the first half. Dug us a really nice hole going into half and then shot. tried to shoot ourselves out of it, 51% in the second half, 14-27 shooting. Overall for the game, 44.4% uh, shooting on the night. You look at the scoring category, three, three players in double figures, that's not bad. Uh, Jordan Bowden for the second, I think, second consecutive game and maybe maybe four out of the last five. Leading score for the Vols, 34 minutes, 19 points. Uh, had two rebounds, two assists. Uh, John Fulkerson, 30 minutes. They've backed his minutes down just a touch. Five rebounds, one block, uh, 15 points. Eve Pons, 35 minutes, nine rebounds. Uh, two assists, one block, one steal, 12 points. Probably the most active player uh, on, on Tennessee's team. Santiago Vascovi, 37 minutes, one rebound, five turnovers, six points. Uh, Euros Plovsic, six minutes, eight points, one rebound, one steal. Uh, Devontae gains seven points on 20 minutes, five rebounds, one assist, one steal. Uh, Olivier Mkuma, four minutes, two points, two rebounds. Um, and then Jalen Johnson logged nine minutes for no points, one rebound. Uh, none of that is terrible. I, I will say Santiago having five of the 12 turnovers is pretty terrible. But he pulls it down every every possession. And again, this is an abnormal situation. Normally, he's giving you 20 points in five turnovers. So, I don't know. There's a little give and take there. I think there's some some growth he's got to do. But I also think he's a late injection into this basketball team. And 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 was he game ready? Was he was did he have the stamina to play this brand of basketball this long? A lot of questions. I I I, I came away last night as I like to say with more questions than I had answers. Um, Tennessee had 28 points in the paint. Nearly half their points came down low. I think that's that's progress. The problem was they didn't do it enough. They had nine points off turnovers. The problem was Arkansas had 24. Second chance points, 18. They won that battle. No fast break points and 17 points off the bench. Arkansas had 14 fast break points. So getting back in transition, not our forte, but Arkansas took advantage of it. And then ultimately, Arkansas, out of the gate, just was better prepared, better ready to, to battle, and, and did what they needed to do. Held Tennessee to 27 points, 
in the first half, outscored us 40-27 to there in the first 20 minutes, and then a dogfight in the second half that, that had Arkansas outscoring Tennessee 46-42 to to make your final 86-69. to And I sit there and I go, where do we go from here? 15-13, and 13, so legitimately got to win one of our last three games to just stay 500, to just be 500 overall record, and then we would have a less than stellar conference record. We would finish conference play 8-10, and 10, a far cry from what we did a year ago. But you look at it, and Arkansas just had the, had the mow. They brought it in. Mason Jones got hot early, and then they looked at each other, I guarantee you, on the sideline and says, do you remember how this ended last time? Tennessee won 82-61 in Knoxville and was was lighting it up in front of 17,000 people. They showed a lot of our weaknesses. Here in Fayetteville, we don't need to show those weaknesses. And I felt like they came out, and between 37 points by Mason Jones and, and a lot of other miscues uh, by the by the volunteers um Arkansas just put the wood to us I mean it, it's that's all there is to it there was three players for Tennessee in double figures there were three players for Arkansas in double figures the problem is the gap was too big they had the 30 and 20 variety and we had the 10 19 15 variety less than ideal Mason Jones 37 minutes 37 points two rebounds three assists one steal 11 of 19 from the floor and 3 of 7 from the three-point line. They, he bar- he nearly made as many three-pointers as Tennessee did all night last night. He was on fire. Uh, Joe Isaiah Joe, 34 minutes, 22 points, 4 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 8 from the three-point line, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. So between the two, they were better at the three-point line than Tennessee. You, you can't beat that. You can't win then. And, and, again, I thought some of it was not getting back on defense. I thought some of it was not rotating properly and getting in his face. But then at the same rate, he was playing He was playing amazing. He knew how to step in, step back, take a shot, and knock down some big-time minutes for, for the Razorbacks. And, and, honestly, if he plays that way all season, they're a lot better than their record shows. This was not a good Arkansas team that beat us last night. But I will go on record saying I think it was our last chance at a win in the regular season. Some people say, well, you know, we've got two home games and and there's a lot of things that can happen. And, and they're absolutely right, and please make me wrong. If anybody's close to a Tennessee basketball player or coach, tell them. Wayne said, and prove him wrong. I'm totally fine with that. I want that to happen. I, if Tennessee wins three three of the last three games, I will eat crow until basketball season starts again. I don't care. Because I want them to win. But I'm here telling you what I believe and what I feel. And I feel like we're out of gas. If you missed my uh if you missed my uh my out of gas impersonation, I won't do it again because it was it's probably gonna be pretty embarrassing. But it is on our re air at two PM today. Again, two to three on WKVL right here. And then also if you missed any of this, if you missed this early portion of the show where we gave kudos to Andy Heron, first double-double in Clayton Bradley history, uh, you can get it on our website, thegrindonsports.com. There'll be a SoundCloud link to every show we've ever done 
here at WKVL. So again, near year and a half's worth of shows right there. Uh, binge watching or binge listening is a thing. And, uh, and again, we'd appreciate that if you did. Just give us a follow if you like it. Um, but again, Tennessee's out of gas. Tennessee's got three games left. Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn. Two of three at home may be the brightest spot in that conversation. And again, if somebody would love to talk me off of a ledge, you sure can. 865-983-4310. But uh, here's what I got. Here's what I think. I think Tennessee's going to be really good. I think growing pains has been a thing that's going to progress this team in the offseason. It's going to make this team want to play harder. It's going to make this team want to do better. But that don't help you right here, right now. Tennessee last night was out of gas. They were on the road. That's that's a tough environment. But you had Jordan Bowden, who probably in the last three or four games has played his best little stretch of the season. Fulkerson, you know, he's getting double figures. He's he's not rebounding the ball as well, but I think they're putting him out of position a little bit. Uh, Eve Pons is still blocking shots, still rebounding the basketball, scoring in double figures. So you're getting what you thought you were going to get. The problem is, is Viscovi fell to six points. George, uh, Josiah Jordan-James, 25 minutes, no points, two rebounds. He had three assists, was his best stat. He was 0 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 2 from the three-point line. You can't have that out of a player like that. He's tired. Euros Plovsic, six minutes, eight points, probably one of his better outings, minutes to points. Devontae Gaines, 20 minutes, seven points. That guy's going to be good. You get a little weight on him, get him to play a little bit more controlled, he's defensively going to be a monster for Tennessee, but he ain't right now. Olivier Mkumwa, he's got a lot of growing to do, a lot of lot of basketball IQ to gain, but he's a physical player, so I think he's going to be fine. But four minutes, two points, and really probably contributed a couple fouls that got got the, the Razorbacks to the line, not helping you right now. And then Jalen Johnson, a junior that plays – a little less than that, let's just say that. Nine minutes, no points. You you have to have bench contribution, and they didn't have that last night. Starting five scored scored all but 17. All but 17 points. You can't win a lot of basketball games that way. If you do, you better have a 30, a 20, and a 10. You better have a, a player in each of those realms every night if you're only going to get 17 points off the bench. And, and you know, am I am I some guru basketball coach? No. But I know effort when I see it. I know tired when I see it. And Tennessee basketball's tired. Tennessee basketball doesn't have stamina enough to play 40 minutes. They're probably, I, I would say, 32 minutes every night. They can pour it out. I mean, John Fulkerson's going to go 100 mile an hour no matter what's going on, no matter wh- how he feels. Eve Pons is going to go 100 mile an hour. Jordan Bowden needs to, to put his foot on the gas a little bit more. I mean, he's just he's got to make up for lost time with me. He he, he needs to he he needs to to really lead this basketball team. And then Vescovi, uh, again, glaring things with with Vescovi is his defensive what he gives up on the defensive end. Which again, I'm more than willing to take based on his offense. But he's got to fix the turnovers. He's got to be be a little bit more. Uh, controlled and crisp with the passes. He's got to do more uh, to to not turn this thing over because 
staring down the barrel of five of your team's 12 turnovers came from you and you're a starter. Uh, that's less than ideal. Uh, in, in really, in retrospect, you look at this, 10 of the 12 turnovers came from your starters, which they play the most minutes. I'm not trying to trying to put anything on, on anybody, but I will say uh, you, you got to clean that up. A lot of your bench players just had one turnover their whole time, which – which a lot of these guys were, were near 10 minutes or more. Uh, so so they're playing clean basketball. We need to expect the same uh, out of the starters. But uh, Tennessee's got some work to do. Uh, they need to go back to the, to, the, to the drawing board a little bit, know how they can, can pr- produce over 70 points because that looks to be the dynamic that they keep missing. But uh, Tennessee's got a three-game stretch that not a lot of people's going to want to be, be looking down. And that's, that's Florida on Saturday. Kentucky next Tuesday, and Auburn at home to finish the season next Saturday. Uh, a three-game stretch that they, they're they right there with. Uh, they could win, but they could lose. So we're, we'll see how these three games shake out. Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn are what Tennessee has left on the regular season. Two home games and a trip to Lexington. We'll see how that shakes out tomorrow. We'll preview the Florida game uh, and talk about how the Vols uh, can recoup regain and take the fight to Florida for 40 minutes. We'll talk it all uh, tomorrow, but don't miss it. We got another couple segments here. We're going to talk Lady Vols. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. We're going to jump to the diamond next, talk Major League Baseball, rule changes that are coming, and then how that is going to speed up or change the game. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. Don't miss it. Come on back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. As we move to the baseball diamond, again, basketball has has put me in a mood, so we got to move away from it for a little bit. I mean, I think that's good for all parties in, involved. But I'm uh, going to step to Major League Baseball. As 2020, as as people are reporting, spring training's kind of getting getting in the mix there's been some rule changes to Major League Baseball, and I think it's really interesting to talk about, one, what they are, and then their their impact expected uh, on the game. Major League Baseball made rule changes uh, to the 2020 season. It was effective just a couple weeks ago. Four categories of rules going into effect. The three batter minimum for pitchers, roster limits, adjustments to the injured list, and option periods for pitchers and two-way players. 
And then also a reduction in the time managers have to challenge a play. All of these changes have been announced, but they are actually locked in now, so they they, they are going to happen. The three batter minimum, I think this is good. Uh, this is a big one that's been grabbing the headlines since it was reported. All pitchers, both starters and relievers, now have to face at least three three batters or pitch until the inning is over before they can come out of the game. So, again, if you come in, you got two outs, you get the out, then I guess you can do the one. But other than that, you have to hit go against three batters, which I like because it speeds the game up. I like because it doesn't have that, that specialty guy that pitches against like one guy every day, uh, which is – I mean, I guess if you got the money to spend, why not? But but at the same rate, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the main effect of this rule will be on a specialist reliever, the ones I talked about, who often use for only one batter to give their team a favorable matchup. For example, a left-handed pitcher who faces only left-handed hitters, uh, most likely to get out, often, uh, <laughs> often nicknamed a loogie for left-handed one-out guy. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Again, uh, this article being brought uh, by David Adler of ESPN. So, again, not only dropping facts, but dropping nicknames right here. There will be no more of that in 2020, as the the rule could also uh, impact teams uh, that use openers, typically relievers who start a game to match up specifically against the top of the opposing order. Now an opener would have to face at least three batters, even if it's a bad matchup in that run. The three batters rule goes into effect in spring training. That starts March the 12th. So it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. No more loogie. Uh, you could have a uh, – uh, I guess you could have a uh, L3 oogie. Yeah, you could have a L3 oogie, left-handed three-out guy. But oh, three OG, man, that's that's sweet. LH three OG, that's the new nickname. Left-handed three-out guy. But uh, I like the rule. I like the rule because I, I feel like flow of the game. You know, momentum. Especially if if your team has the momentum hitting, you want them to keep rolling because that guy's standing straight up at second while they bring a pitcher in and while they talk and while he rubs the baseball and and all that takes any momentum away. And maybe some disagree, and if you do, again, 865-983-4310. But I like this rule. One, because I think it makes you have to be good. <laughs> you know, uh, I think a lot of people can can throw junk for, for one guy. But uh, new rule into effect, three batters per pitcher. I like it. I like it a lot. Roster limits, five parts to the roster change as the 26-man roster team's active rosters are going from 25 to 26 for the regular season through August 31st and during the postseason. Teams are limited to carrying a maximum of 13 pitchers, so increasing by one player. I think that helps. Uh, I think that helps, you, you know, especially, uh, especially National League guys who need that extra hitter or need that that guy that can do stuff because you, you have to roll your pitcher out there. But American League, uh, I don't know. Does that give them another DH? I mean, what 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 does that do? I think that gives you a rotation that you can work with. Uh, smaller rosters in September, uh, they're adjusting the size of the September roster to 28 players, including a maximum 
of 14 pitchers. So, again, a little little smaller roster in September. Well, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. It's it looks like it's it's making it bigger, but it's less than it used to be. Okay. It says previously when rosters expanded in September, any player on a team's 40-man roster could be added to the major league's club. And while teams usually didn't use all 40, it was common to see 30-plus players active for a given game in the final months of the season. That often caused longer games in September when teams used a lot more relief pitching, pinch hitters, and certain situations that would have been uh, not a- available to do with normal size rosters. So they trim in that. I like that. like it. Uh, again, speed it up. 28 players uh, above. So you get to add two additional players in September. So it doesn't really uh, open things max up much, but it does give you a little bit of leeway there. The two-way player designation, a two-way player – Again, someone who both hits and pitches is now an official designation. That lets them stay on the roster as a position player and pitch in games without counting toward their team's 13-pitcher pitcher count. Wow, 13-pitcher pitcher count. Uh, if you designate someone a two-way player, they have to stay that way through the end of the year. Uh, so that, that keeps you from bouncing back and forth. This is for players like the Angels' Shohei Otani, Uh, a starting pitcher and designated hitter, and the Reds' Michael Lorenzen, who appears as a reliever and also plays the outfield. True two-way players essentially hadn't been seen in the major leagues since the days of Babe Ruth until Otani arrived from Japan in 2018. And then they've made a little bit of a comeback. Players have met certain criteria to qualify as two-way players in either the current major league season or the previous one. They have to pitch at least 20 innings in the majors and start at least 20 games as a position player or DH where they bat three or more times. The two-way player designation for 2020 also allows players who met the requirement in 18 to qualify in 2020. So Otani, who didn't pitch last year because of Tommy John's surgery, but did pitch as a rookie in 18, can still be named a two-way player for the Angels right away. So I guess uh, the man the rule comes from Gets a pass based on uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, position player pitching. Uh, position players are allowed to pitch only if a game goes to extra innings or if their team is winning or losing by more than six runs. During normal circumstances in a nine-inning game, only the team's 13 designated pitchers or two-way players are allowed to pitch. Teams were using position player pitchers more than ever before before in the past couple of seasons. In 2019, more than 50 different position players pitched in at least one game, generally so teams could save their pitchers' arms if they felt a game was out of hand. So, again, trying to tighten some things up and not not allow a whole lot of loophole. The 27th man, uh, what used to be the 26th man, is now the 27th man thanks to the new 26-man roster. Teams used to be able to call up an extra player in special circumstances, mainly for doubleheaders. Uh, they still can, but now it will be the 27th man on the roster, not the 26th. Uh, teams are allowed to call up 14, up a 14th pitcher for these games. Uh, injured list and option period. Uh, pitchers and two-way players are returning to a 15-day injured list. This is once that pl- they're placed on the injured list. They can't be in- reinstated for 15 days. 
The injured list used to be 15 days until 2017 when it was reduced to 10. Position players will still have a 10-day IL under the new rule, but pitchers and two-way players will move out to 15 days. Additionally, pitchers who who are options uh, to uh, the minor leagues now have to remain there for 15 days rather than 10. The option period for position players is still at 10 days. So, again, just making more pitchers and uh, two-way players aren't just moving uh, every 10 days. So I think that's good, uh, again, for continuity, for consistency, and keeping things alive. And then here's probably one of the better things coming out of this deal. I like the three-pitcher rule or the three-batter rule for pitching, but I also like this. Managers now only have 20 seconds to decide to challenge a play instead of 30. And I know a lot of people's going, it's 10 seconds. Yeah, but it's a lot of theatrics that lead to that 10 seconds. I think a lot of that's going to get cut out. It's going to be like, yep, I'm going to do it, or nope, I'm not. Just keep on rolling with it. The shortened amount of time they have to get the information and video might allow them to figure out if they'd win a challenge before they actually do it. Um, Of the changes that were announced on Wednesday, this is the only one who hadn't that had not been reported publicly. And again, probably because it would have got a little kickback. You need to know. You need to know where your player was or where he wasn't. You need to know if you feel good about it or not quick. And I think so many times games are extended, breaks are happening. Uh, all these things come from the fact that we get out there and, and basically take an additional time out, take an additional walk to the mound because let's give them time to think about this thing. So I like it. I, I like it. But I, I think of the overall deal. I mean, the roster changes are, are such that uh, I think it just balances what you're getting night in and night out. Or do you turn on and you say, "Oh, I think they called that guy up. No, he's back down." Oh, did they call? Did they? Did is he is he on the the ten day aisle? No, it's fifteen. I think standardizing a lot of things get it to where you're like, okay, ding, called up. We got fifteen days. Ding, sent to the Smokies. We got 15 days. I think things like that are, are, are good for, for – it's good for the minor league system that we can go see locally, but it's good for the major leagues because you know what you're going to see uh, on a, on at least a two-week window. Uh, I like the, the three-batter rule because I feel like too often games are slowed down by the fact that they change pitchers three times in an inning. Uh, they call the lefty. They call the guy with the knuckleball. They call this guy. They call this guy that can throw – three fast pitches and then has to ice it up. I like it. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong because, uh, again, I like baseball, follow baseball, and I love to go, uh, but not, not necessarily my first go. So, uh, again, three batters per pitcher unless it's the end of an inning. I love that rule. I think it's going to make a big impact, and I think it's going to put more pressure on guys to really be able to go the distance. I think you're going to see – uh, guys get pulled at the beginning of innings versus the end because you know he's going to have to face three pitchers or three hitters anyway. So you don't put him out there to ruin what could have been a really nice outing and then load the bases for a guy to come in and have to balance that. So I like that from a from a system standpoint, and I think it's really good uh, in that regard. Uh, I like the two-way player. I, to me, I like – you know, I think it would be like the coolest thing to be a two-way player because if you're a pitcher – you get up there and yeah, I mean everything's coming through you. You've got to throw the heat. You've got to you know put movement. You've got to do what you can do uh, to strike these guys out. But every now and again, it'd be nice to be out in the outfield or sitting on second base ready to make a play. 
and see that side of it and really be a you know kind of understand that a little bit more uh, I think it could it could enhance the game quite a bit but for those who can do it that's great those who cannot I mean it is what it is so uh, I think you go from there but but I like the rules. I think it's going to enhance baseball, and I think it's going to speed the game up. And I think ultimately, if you if you talk to anybody who's who's given up baseball, who who doesn't watch it as much as they used to, it's because the games are so long. They're played at bad times, and then they 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 have so many interruptions. So I think uh, a, a step in the right direction. I still think they play a million games, and a lot of times they're during the day, which is tough on fans. Uh, but at the same rate, you got to crawl before you can walk and major league baseball has taken a couple steps i think that will head in that direction pitch three batters if you get in that game and then also quicker challenge time for for um for the managers and then also a smaller roster uh later in the season so no uh pinch hit you know specialty pitcher you know all this stuff uh, all that stuff kind of gets gets kind of muddy down so uh, interesting and fun but again changes that are coming to major league baseball here in 2020 let's take our last break of the day listen to these great sponsors when we come back we're going to talk lady vol senior night as the lady vols have their last home game in thompson bowling arena tonight as they take on ole miss they take on ole miss at in knoxville a 7 p.m start time uh in their second to last game of this regular season. Season number one for Kelly Harper. Let's talk about how she finishes it on senior night after the break. You're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month and main support receives 20% of all sales. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
The Bluegrass Music Club meets the first and third Thursdays every month at 6 p.m. for all ages and skills at the Blunt County Public Library. Josephine Capaletti, Director. One-time $20 fee for Bluegrass Music Book meets in the library staff lounge. It's all part of the Southern Appalachian Study Series. For information, phone 865-982-0981. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Are you looking for that perfect gift for someone who loves the outdoors? Consider a subscription to Tennessee Wildlife Magazine. If they hunt, fish, or just enjoy backyard wildlife, they'll find it chock full of interesting articles and great photos of the wildlife right here in our state. They'll think of you every time a new issue arrives. Log on to tnwildlife.org to subscribe. It's just $10 per year. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Again, kind of recap what we talked about today. At the opening, talked about Andy Heron, Clayton Bradley, basketball player that scored the first double-double in school history. If you have not voted for Prep Extra Player of the Week, or if you have, go back in, vote for Andy Heron. Again, get him this award. I think it's cool to be the first in anything especially at the high school level. So, again, check him out. Prep Extra Player of the Week, boys. And the voting closes at 11 a.m. this morning. So, if you're listening to the re-air, you'll have to just hit him up and give him kudos uh, in other methods. But, again, uh, want to get him the recognition that he deserves. But uh, also talked about the Vols, kind of the struggles that they're seeing, what they've got to do for this three-game stretch, Florida, Kentucky, 
and Auburn coming up, a little murderer's row uh, as we finish the season. But uh, they've got to do it. Three games to go, and we need to end on a high note. Uh, but the Lady Vols, uh, they also uh, have to finish strong as Tennessee has two games remaining, a little closer to the finish line uh, for the Lady Vols. They have Ole Miss tonight in Knoxville, and then Sunday, Auburn in Auburn uh, to finish the regular season for the Lady Vols. They currently sit at 18-9, and nine, uh, eight and six in conference play, 12-3 and three at home, and 6-6 six and six on the road. So, again, needs to keep the home winning streak uh, on, the, on, the, on the rise and then need to finish the season uh, with a winning record away from TBA. But uh, you look at the, the, the kind of matchup, it favors the Volunteers as tonight is senior night, Tennessee 18-9, is back at TBA on Thursday for the first regular – or the final – first – the final regular season home game against Ole Miss. They're seven and twenty on the season, zero oh, and fourteen in conference play. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, comes to town for a seven oh two actual start time against the Lady Vols. UT and 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 the Ole Miss Rebels, Lady Rebels, have met uh, several times. It is a the fifty sixth overall meeting of the two schools. Tennessee leads the series forty seven to eight and has won thirty one of the last 32. The last time they met was January the 9th as the Big Orange cruised to an 84-28 victory in the Pavilion at Ole Miss. Uh, the Lady Vols are tied for sixth place in the SEC standings with LSU at 8-6, and six, res- resi- residing two games ahead of Alabama, Florida, and Georgia, who sit at 6-8. and eight. Arkansas and Kentucky are a game ahead in a tie for fourth, Nine and five on the season. So again, take care of business these last two games and get an opportunity to get up as high as fourth uh, in this said standings. Tennessee snapped a five-game losing skit on Sunday uh, during one of its toughest stretches of the season as it fended off Vandy in Knoxville, sixty-seven to sixty-three. Ole Miss enters in fourteenth place in the league and a fourteen-game losing streak into the contest after entering league play with a seven and six non-conference record. The Lady Vols' final three games, Vandy, Ole Miss, and Auburn on the regular season are versus teams that aren't ranked. Those come after UT fell to top 25 schools in four of its previous five games. Two of those were ranked in the top 10, that being UConn and South Carolina. Uh, Kind of the broadcast information, it'll be on SEC Network Plus. Uh, The contest can also be heard on the Lady Vol Network. Uh, and then uh, there'll be a link to the live stream on utsports.com for a list of Lady Vol affiliates in your area. If you're listening outside of Knoxville, uh, you can check that out also on utsports.com. Senior night for two Lady Vols. Thursday we'll, we'll have festivities for Lady Vols Lou Brown and Kamara Harris. Uh, they will be honored prior to the game in an on-court ceremony that is about 640 so if you're getting to the game, get there 20 minutes early at least so you can honor these two seniors. Again, Lou Brown had an opportunity to play after what an injury looked to end her nice career. So Brown, a 6'3 forward from Melbourne, Australia, is a grad transfer from Washington State who received a sixth year uh, after a knee injury prevented her from playing a year ago in her first season at Tennessee. She started 26 of 27 games for the Lady Vols and has been a steady force for a very young Tennessee team. Brown earned a degree in sports management from Washington State in May of 2018 
And then while she's been at UT, she is working toward completion of a master's degree in communication and information with an emphasis in journalism and electronic media. So I think we'll hear from her sooner rather than later. Harris, a 6'3 forward from Hampton, Georgia, has also played in a career-best 25 games for the Lady Vols this season, recruited for her interior defensive abilities. Harris' improved shooting range has allowed her to become more of a scoring threat this season. After seeing limited minutes in her first three years, Harris moved from center to forward and has doubled her minutes played and enjoyed some statistical highs in all of those categories. Harris earned a degree in recreation and sports management from UT in 19, and she is now working towards a master's degree in communication and information with emphasis on journalism and electronic media. So again, a path that seems to be well-traveled. Other game info or, or promotions for tonight, tickets for Thursday's game can be start at $5.00. Uh, available at allvols.com. Check that out. Doors will open at 6 p.m. Free parking and shuttle service from the Ag Campus beginning at 5 p.m. It's dollar dog night. That's not a dollar get your dog in. That's a hot dog for $1 until tip-off with a voucher. Special halftime entertainment is the canine crew. So, again, going to have some dog, uh, I guess, kind of dog-led entertainment, but canine crew. Uh, And then, again, there's a junior vol of the game option uh, if you are so inclined. High five the Lady Vols. Kids 12 and under can pick up a wristband at fan headquarters uh, to participate in the pregame high five tunnel. Wristbands are limited. Uh, And then you can also get group stuff as well. A closer look at Tennessee. The the Lady Vols' only losses this season are to nine teams that are destined for NCAA tournament bids. Seven of those – were ranked, including four that were top 10 ranked teams when UT played them. While UT beat Notre Dame when the Irish carried a number 15 ranking, the most appealing win on the resume currently appears to be the one over LSU on We Back Pat Day, January the 26th. UT has a two-point loss to Texas A&M, number 16 in the country, a four-point setback to LSU, not ranked, but a really nice basketball team as of late, and a six-point loss to Texas uh, in their in their loss column. In the February 24th edition of Bracketology, uh, the Lady Vols listed as a number 11 seed playing six-seeded Princeton in the first round as of February the 24th. The winner would meet Northwestern or Bucknell. I think Tennessee, with their length, could battle with any of those. Again, just consistency and not turning the basketball over wins a lot of basketball games. Uh, the Lady Vols surpassed their 2019 season win total of seven uh, in conference play with a victory over Vandy on Sunday. That take aim at clinching a winning record in league play as well as meeting last year's season win total of 19 as Ole Miss visits the Summit for uh, a game, uh, a last home game of the regular season. Let me get my words together. UT has won six straight SEC contests and stood at 7-1 and one before dropping five consecutive contests before their victory over Vandy. Tennessee's Renai Davis is averaging 18 points a game in all games and 19.8 points per game in SEC play, shooting near 50% from the field and 83% from the free throw line in league play. Sophomore Ray Burrell and freshman Jordan Horston are also double-figure scorers, contributing 10.7 and 10 flat respectively. 
In SEC play, Burrell also gets 10.8 points per game, and Horston is 10.5. So they're doing their best work against conference opponents. Uh, after facing Ole Miss, the Lady Vols will close out the regular season on Sunday at Auburn, 3.05 start time, Eastern time. Uh, that date features uh, whip-around coverage on the SEC network, so maybe a little multi-game action. The SEC tournament follows that. It'll be in Greenville, South Carolina at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena, uh, March 4th through the 8th. Ole Miss will close out its season at home versus Mississippi State on Sunday afternoon. Tennessee did not begin the season in either the AP or USA Today coaches poll. UT was picked sixth by the media and seventh by the coaches in the SEC preseason poll. The Lady Vols returned only two starters and six total letter winners from last year's squad. Six of UT's 12 players this season had never played in the program before, and all 12, now 11, active players have never played for first-year head coach Kelly Harper before. After all the preseason picks were made, one of UT's two returning starters, Zay Green, was lost for the season to a torn ACL, and with Green's season-ending injury, Tennessee lost five of its top six players from a year ago. So again, a a full-circle situation as Kelly Harper's looking to close out the first regular season uh, at her time at the helm for the Lady Vols and looking to finish her last home game uh, before heading off to postseason play. Uh, It's one of those things where you got to keep things in perspective. You don't make coaching changes without problems. Uh, unless the guy retires, which is is far and few between anymore. And even when that happens, ask Mark D'Antoni, things were awry, things were not great. But Kelly Harper's come in, and there's a toughness about these girls. Uh, They play uh, a lot of times like they know what they're doing. They just got to get these turnovers fixed, and I think this is a team uh, that's on the rise. I think culturally she's had to do a lot more work than she would want to, which has taken some time out of the gym, and and I think – uh, you're going to see a lot different looking team uh, in 2020 and the 21 season uh, than what you see this year. A lot of young girls uh, that are going to understand the college game so much more uh, after finishing up year number one and a coach that's at her alma mater that will understand the dynamic a lot more as well. But uh, that's been the Thursday edition. Uh, we're going to kind of tighten it up right here at the end as you as you kind of have an opportunity to stay with WKVL and listen to the Swain event at the top of the hour. But, hey, if you liked what you've heard but you didn't catch the whole show, you want to hear the whole show, check us out, thegrindonsports.com. That's our website. It's got all the shows we've ever done on our SoundCloud feed right there, thegrindonsports.com. You can you can check it out. It's also going to have links to Facebook, Twitter uh, on our website. You can go on there, like our page, uh, share our page if you would. And also, we will uh, uh, we'll post every day's show on those Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter outlets to try to get those things uh, out to those who want to hear it. And then also, if you're a podcast person, if that's kind of the, the way you want to get your music, get your, get your sports, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, The Grind On Sports, and we're on Google Play Music, The Grind On Sports. So if that's how you need it, that's how you can get it. But first... Go check us out, thegrindonsports.com. But that's the Thursday edition. Again, don't miss the Jason Swain, the Swain event, and what is our local block right here on your source for sports, WKVL. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.